Uh, we're reading in First Samuel chapter number uh, 17, verse number uh, 51. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword and drew it out of the sheep's there, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. When the Philistines saw their attention was dead, they fled. And then in chapter number 21, verse number 8, verse number 9, the Bible said, And David said unto Abimelech, Is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? I neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required things. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the altar. And thou wilt take that, take it. For there is no other save that here. And David said, here's the phrase I'm interested in, there is none like that. Yes, yes, yes. I guess uh, if I had a phrase for the message this morning, it would simply be that. Yes, yes, yes. My emphasis is how God would take things that would ordinarily bring fear into our lives, but would be very dangerous and meant for evil, and somehow turn them around and use them for His glory. I'm thinking about this soul this morning. I guess, for instance, uh, we can think about our testimonies as some have testified this morning. And if we look back on our testimony, there's so much that is in that testimony that involves, no doubt, some kind of an influence of evil, of the devil. The fact that we would testify uh, infers that, that God has turned things around in our lives. And that there seemed to be so much that was evil. And the devil was having his favor, having his way. And God did a miracle and brought forth a sword or a testimony. Sometimes it's in our personal lives, sometimes it may be in the things that surround us, the people that surround us, maybe a son or a daughter, but the devil seems to be having his way with He's hanged on him or her. But uh, thank God the Lord has a way of, of uh, activating and, and going into those lives that seem to be so lost and uh, taking them away from the dead, taking them from the fire, and allowing them to be a sword in the hands of God's children as a testimony of what God can do. Now, there are simply three things that I want to suggest to you concerning this sword this morning. I want us to notice the 
invention of the sword or who made it, produced it. I want us to also look at the intention behind the sword. What was the plan or the purpose? And then we're going to look at the intervention of this sword or how God in his providence took it away from the king. Now, let's look first of all at what I would say is the intervention of this sword. I notice that this sword is a sword of death or of the Philistines. They were the ones who produced it. They were the ones who made it. This sword was made by the enemy. And it was their own personal invention, something that they brought forth. Yet David, when he speaks of that sword, he tells us in that phrase, there is none like that. It would seem to me that somehow this sword that is so great that David brings our attention would be made by the hands of an Israelite or the son of Abraham, a child of God. Because this sword that David qualifies by saying there's no sword like that. Because this sword is made by the enemy. It is produced by those who are are of death, as we say. And what you have to understand is that that David knows swords. He himself held the sword of the king, Saul. You remember when he was going to kill, uh, going to fight Goliath, and he went into the tent of Saul, and Saul tried to give him his armor and his sword. I would imagine that the sword of Saul, being the king of Israel, was probably a very, uh, a very good sword, skillfully uh, and artistically created and made. And it's design, it's weight, it's balance, uh, it's super, as far as steel. And David handled the king's sword. I thought of another occasion when Jonathan brought his sword. And David to David with his armor, and signifying that he believed David would be the next king in Israel. And so David not only handled the king's sword, but he handled Jonathan's sword. And I would imagine probably that the same men or people who created Saul's sword probably created a pretty good sword for Jonathan, of the son of Saul. David also is a man who is in Saul's favor. Is over thousands of soldiers. And if men in those days, or men of men in our days, no doubt they stood around and talked about the weapon of choice, which was the sword. Just like turners in this day who will compare their rifles or their guns or whatever, and they'll talk about where they got them and what the make is and the model and so on. I'm sure as they sit around those campfires that they talked about their swords and where they got their swords and who made their swords. And so when David, uh, when David makes this statement, he doesn't make 
talking about Second Corinthians chapter number 10. Paul said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, we're not so busy as far as the physical is concerned. We realize we have to live, we have to work, we have to go through life, but inventions are not our number one priority. And Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, My speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. For you see your calling, brethren, and have it not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, or all. I'm not saying this is 100% that some of God's people are not involved in Christ, but I'm thinking for the most part, it is the enemy that is doing most of the marvelous inventions that we we know anything about in this hour and in this day. Um, 
shouldn't bother us because we're not in competition. We're just so well. Talking about being in dancing for these souls. Now, the second thing that I would bring to your attention, not only do we see being in dancing for these souls, or of these souls, but I noticed it in preaching of the souls. Then, that produced the sword that Goliath has put him for. The sword is made for by the enemy, but it is made for evil temptation. The sword is made that Goliath has in his way to sever the head of some child of God from Israelite from his sword. Everything about this sword from beginning to end has an evil intent to it. It is destructive and it is harmful and they intend to destroy. Now, let me say this. When it comes to the inventions of this world, they're not evil in and of themselves. The sword is not evil. The metal is not evil. The design is not evil. It's evil. That is evil. Now, what I ask some of us old timers, we'll look at some of this new stuff come along and we'll just throw it all into evil basket. But it's not necessarily so. In and of itself. Let me say that the computer is, is not evil in its end of the sense. I thank God for those who have been able to take and use it. I love to study and uh, I love to use the songs on it. It's a whole lot quicker than just clipping the old songs. If you drop it, it can be a blessing. It can be a blessing. It can be a I come down over the other day and I just I get uh, this page and there's a preacher on my own here, a preacher, and I listen to the preacher. Now, there's a lot of inventions that I'm not knowing that this world is in. I'm glad that we got a little picture behind us, don't you? I'm thankful that you can hear. I'm glad that, uh, that there's a lot of conditions. I'm glad that there are many things that, that I couldn't have thought of, and I couldn't have made, and I couldn't have done. This whole world has been doing it, but I didn't do it. I'm going to the cell phone. Uh, there's just not a law. I'm from now on. I'm going to reach wherever I go. But I want to talk to my lungs to find out how my brain is in today. And so anywhere we're at, we need to talk to them and reach in your brain. Now, that's not bad. That's a bad thing. It's not even in the United States. Don't be one drunk. Put the curse on everybody and say, well, I'm just saying this is bad, that's bad. Well, the thing's not going to say it. It's bad if you allow it to be bad in your life. And I want you to know that as far as the spirit of the world is concerned, as far as the devil is concerned, everything in this world is ever produced has had one intention. And that is to get your attention off the Lord. And to control your time and to cause you to do things that, that you should do. In other words, the intent, don't just fall in the 
He talked about his brethren. He said, you meant for evil, but God meant it for good. And isn't it amazing how God can take circumstances that seem to be so dark and uh, so forlorn and so evil and turn them around in our lives? And no matter if I'm telling the gift that I believe, wherever child of God, somewhere in their past, has had a measure of the work of the devil take place. And God has taken that evil and turned it around and used it for his honor and for his glory. Now he doesn't need the devil, but what he'll do is he'll hire the devil to do his work, and then he won't pay. And just when the devil gets up and gets the work done, the way he thinks he can use it for his purpose, God already has something in mind for what the devil is doing. And so it comes now, just in time, here's no thought, as it was with David's sword, it comes now, just in time, and he says, give me that. Think of all the energy, all the time, all the intelligence, everything that's been put into this sword to make what David said, the enemy made it was the best sword that you could make, and just when it got finished, God said, I don't have any that. Give me that. Oh, I know the devil wants us to feel at the dinner to come off of that soul. He wants us to tremble, and the true people are not tremble. When they choose by him, stay in heaven like Lord. But they did not want God to have in mind. For a sword may be in it. God is able to work in the darkest of places. To bring forth the light of the gospel and the things that we burn in the world. It's so long to find out what God's trying to do and what the devil's working on. Think about it. Give me that. This is the intervention of the Lord working. And then God freedom. And then we see that it would be still in the kingdom to come up with the first. Musical instrument. There was no child king that was playing this game. Well, um, the Lord said, Give me that. Take it away from the devil to use for God's glory. Isn't that amazing? I'm talking about that gold and that silver that evil can produce. God had evil intent because that's what they did to create their gods with. And they're false temples and false gods. But when they left, when the children of Israel went left out of Egypt, God said, You call them and get that golden cup. The faith perfection and purification, for God got me a tabernacle, I'm going to be out of the land with it, and I'm going to use the devil's golden silver to do it with. When you think about that golden day, you find out what you're doing. They come up from the devil. They come up from my life, but I'm a God that is taken from the devil. There's so many things in my life, like Paul, like Paul's 
Well, I don't want to take things away from the devil, don't you? He's able to do so. You know, uh, maybe uh, some fellas one day that went out there and set a tree down. I got the healing on that tree and made two parts. I put them two parts together and they called it a cross. Evil intent for that cross. And the Lord come down and says, hmm, you do that. I think I'll take it out on a hill outside of Jerusalem and put it right there and he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men under my head. Luke said, Jesus said this, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. <laughs> he said, I think It may be somewhere in the heart of you. And in some situation in your life, you can hear the grinding on the stone. It seems so bad. Give God a chance. He can take it away from you. Can you imagine Goliath the night before the big fight? He's up there on the hill, and everybody's seen that sword. They feel the death of the big bear in top. And he's doing this. You know what he's doing? Anybody know what he's doing? He lays it down, and that's how he lays it down. The providence of God, the Lord said, Put that thing back up, stuck it on the other side. So that 16 year old boy is going to need that tomorrow. I don't want him to have to do anything. I just want him to be able to lay that thing right across. Set it up here. And so you do that. The thing that the children of Israel feared the most becoming God's greatest food in the hand of his child. The Lord may be letting the devil do a little work for you. Don't get too upset now. And you hear him out there. Come on, if you grind him, just roll over and holler out the window and say, Hey, you can hear get that thing going. The Lord may have something wrong. Don't look at things as they are. Look at them as our God. Don't look at that son lost. See him saved. Don't look at that daughter in sin. See right with the Lord. <laughs> Don't look at that God lost. Okay. A bad situation. 
see it as an opportunity for God to provide. Give me 